five months, Shans, in five months, this man earned $80,000 in income in the mid- from a high ticket mm-hmm. author program, right? In the middle of a pandemic, exceeding what, what you've now done in education in just five months. David Shans presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shans himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com and three two one you're listening to the Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shands. Let's get it. All right. Uh, <laughs> welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast, where we find people who have social proof that did stuff and can teach you how to do it. We got a really good episode today, man. Um, someone that um, I take credit for coaching and mentoring <laughs> and helping with his mindset. What's so funny? <laughs> Kyle, who's your coach? So how I like to put it is that Donnie's my coach, but I, I look at you as a mentor, as a brother. So mm-hmm. you've redefined mm-hmm. me as an entrepreneur, whereas Donnie has redefined me as a business. So man. I did the foundational work. Yeah, definitely. Right? It's almost like you you try to open a jar and you're like loosening it up. Then somebody comes a, a, across and they just pop it off because exactly. you loosened it up. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's throwing me under the bus, Kyle. He's not throwing you under uh, the no, bus. No, I'm not. Why would I, have I ever thrown you under the bus? Every single episode. All right. Well, look, man, we have... Have, um, good morning and welcome to the sleep is for- oh my god you know get the name of the podcast good morning right? and uh welcome to the social proof podcast david and donnie edition <laughs> i am donnie wiggins and guys we have been joking offset before we started so the energy is like super high today yeah we're up we're, we're up. having amazing we have an amazing guest donnie um, just gave some terrible advice in relationships it was that might have been the worst relationship advice i've ever heard in my life so we're gonna focus on uh the what, hey, you guys really, like to real know quick, what it was? Oh, go ahead. Real quick. Is that a fashion statement with the pocket kind of on the outside of your pants? Yet? Or we have. No, it slides. Oh. <laughs> it slides. <laughs> I didn't know. You Yo, know. Can we get to a podcast? We, we can. have stuff to talk about, man. Goodness we goodness. have an amazing guest, uh, Kyle King, who I am going to allow to introduce himself. But... Yeah, let's just do that. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. Good morning. So my name is Kyle King. I am, you know, first and foremost, a man of God. Um, I'm a father for a four-year-old, a five-year-old now. (laughs) We're not going to do that today. (laughs) You practice that? Nah, this is real. First off, I'm a man of God. It's real because I feel like a lot of times we live off titles, but not who we really are. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the social proof conferences are, you know, podcasts, <laughs> right? right? It's, it's all about, all about stories. It's all about really God. getting to know people. So I feel like a lot of people only see, you know, million dollar stories or people's business success, but they don't really understand the person. Mm-hmm. So before any of that, like I'm a man of God and I'm a father before I'm a business owner, before I'm a, you know, coach before any of that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the foundation. I don't just heard. I've, I've known you for years and I just never, I didn't expect that intro. <laughs> no, that was good. Though. I mean, it's, it's good. 
good. Yeah. We appreciate sure. you being a man of God. That's yeah. why you're sitting here in this middle Absolutely. seat. But let's just rewind. Nah, for sure. What's up, Kyle? Hey, hey. How are you today? I'm amazing. Tell us uh, how your time in Atlanta is right now. No, nah, it's beautiful. You know, I'm sitting here with the um, the dopest people in Atlanta. Um, <laughs> my coach here and my mentor next to me here. Nice. So it's, it's it's an amazing time. Yeah. yeah. So, you tell, know, so let, let, us know, let us know about your week. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, your entrepreneurial journey over the last seven days. What did you do? What did you accomplish? What did you get wrong? What did you get right? Um, that's a great question. So every week I start with my to, to accomplish list. So I identify different things that I want to do, like my activity goals. And then what am I actually going to do that are going to help me accomplish those goals as well? Um, so this week specifically, every Monday, I'm shooting content. So it's content creation because sure. um, I believe if you're shooting content every single day, like I've learned with Donnie, you're not making sales or strategy, strategy calls. Every Tuesday is focused on like coaching sessions with my clients. So any any student that is currently in one of my programs, they get 45 minutes of my time and I block out my Tuesdays for them. Wednesday is all about service. So I work with students on Wednesday around the country to be able to help mentor them, answer any of their questions as well. Thursday and Friday is anything business. So if any businesses want to consult or if businesses want to do work or anything of that nature, Thursday and Friday is about that as well. Mm. So Saturday, every week you got it planned out every single week. That's solid. That's, every solid. Week. That's good. That's good. Uh, so tell us about your week, Donnie. Oh, you know what? This week was challenging. Really? Yeah. This also. week this week was a challenge. Um, it was an amazing week, but it was still challenging. I had a lot of... Um, so everything doesn't always go right with business, right? Mm-hmm. Everything doesn't always go right with your clients. Put the mic up a little bit. Sorry. As much as you want, you know, perf- perfection in your business, it just doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. And this week I had to put out fires in one of my clients' businesses specifically that were pretty big fires. And um, we got it, we got it resolved, but just something that I've never had to deal with before. Well, and I just share, felt like what it was. Yeah. So um, with this particular client and, and there's a lesson in this that I actually uh, will be teaching on going forward. So with this particular client, she had a friend who was qualified to set up her uh, website and, you know, do all these things and her hosting. And she, you know, simply asked the friend, hey, you know, I, you all of this is in my name, right? And the friend is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was a long time ago that this happened. Well, later on, uh, my client and that friend had a major falling out. And on Cyber Monday, she decided to, well, actually, it wasn't even on Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday, we discovered the issue. The day before that, she shut her entire website down. Mm. Turns out that she was never the owner of her site. She was listed as an administrator and the person responsible for billing. Mm. And so that person went in, shut her entire site down, and there was absolutely nothing that we could do about it. And so the lesson in this is that if you are hiring someone third party to perform these services for you, like, don't just take their word for it. Actually call the support team of the platform that you're using and just make sure all your ducks are in a row. Hey, I want to make sure that I and only I am listed as the owner of this account, not mm. just the admin or the administrator of the account. And so obviously we're in the middle of a huge sale, the biggest sales time of the year. And um, we had to make an instant pivot. And, you know, I became I don't I don't enjoy doing tech. I, I can do tech. I don't enjoy it. It's just not my area of strength. But I had to go from being her coach to her customer service representative to her tech person building out a whole new because it's the middle of the night so who do you call um yeah so that was a challenge and i I just you know i was i was i was sad for her that that happened but we made an immediate pivot 
Um, other than that, the week has been, it's been great. It's been really, really busy. Mm. Um, and it's, it's what I asked for, so I can't complain. How was your week? Oh, it was pretty good, man. I think it's just important to talk about the journey because the only thing people see is what we post. Yeah. Right? As entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Right? But there's all kind of stuff behind the scenes, whether you're having, um, I think, out of the seven days, I didn't like my wife for like two of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. post that on the gram. You don't put that on the gram. We're good now. We're good now. <laughs> but uh, it, like it, it's, it, you know, there's ups and downs and challenges. Like one of the things that was going on with me is um, one, I'm realizing how amazing this morning meetup is. Yo, you and had like 360 something people it's insane. on one day. Yo, we literally have probably um, between two and five people that join every single day. Mm. Every day. I love it. It's awesome. So um, that's beautiful to see. Um, and this week, um, my birthday is coming up and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get myself a Rolex, get myself a Rolex. But I think I, I, I was around all my friends who have Rolexes and I'm like, man, I need to get one. And I really started to, you know, I want the, I want that thing. And then I started looking at them. I started researching. I was actually about to go get one. It was a date just, it's called date just. I'll, I'll educate you on Rolexes. Yeah. Cause it's I'm date totally just Rolex, <laughs> And it's uh, $13,250. <laughs> and I was, you know, I'm just ready to buy them, like trying to figure out the color. And then I called my mentor and he said, uh, don't get it. I'm like, yo, but I, I got to get to a point where I want to get it because I like it. He said, well, if you really like it, get it then. I said, well, why Why'd you say don't get it? Right. He said, he said, I didn't get my, he said, I didn't have a car. He said, I bought my first Lexus. He said, I bought my Lexus when I got my first million dollar check from my company. Mm-hmm. I got a check for $1.7 million. Then I bought the Rolex. I mean, bought the Lexus. He said, I have three watches, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't get them now because you don't even, you don't use it for the time. You, somebody asks you the time, you're going to look at your phone. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm battling and I might still get it. I might still get it, but I'm battling between that or like an investment property. Like you get $13,000, you can get a car and put it on Turo or a, a mobile home or I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get comfortable with that. So, you know, that's what's been going on with my, with my life. But um, enough about me. How about Kyle, man? You are Kyle. here, my friend. I am here. So tell us about your business. No, for sure. So I help um, current authors and published authors magnify their voices mm-hmm. um, by turning them into authors, specifically um, by leveraging digital systems. We also help them turn their books on autopilot as well. Mm. So I've stepped away from the educational system. That's new information right. for you. And now I'm helping people rewrite their stories, understand the value in their stories, and create revenue streams from them. Mm. How many books you wrote? Uh, seven. Seven books. Seven books. And how long? Um, in the last three years, I have seven books. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. How many books you got? One. I got two. But like, it's, my first book was released in 2015, mm-hmm. which is just still a classic. So five years, I got two. In three years, you got seven. Yeah. It was always a goal for me to have 10 by 30. Um, and I believe that every book serves a different, I guess, um, just a a level in my life or something, a different experience in my life as well. When I was early in entrepreneurship, I wrote a book about the struggles of an early entrepreneur. Um, When I was in education, you know, whether it's building after school programs, whether it's helping redefine or redesign, you know, schools, I wrote a book about that experience because I believe that and the different people that I've touched and the different levels in my life or the different seasons in my life, they deserve to see my story and how I overcame whatever the struggles that I overcame during that mm-hmm. season. So now I'm rewriting a completely new story. And I believe that the biggest thing with me is that everybody understands, you know, books, but a lot of people are characters in other people's books. So when I began to mean? be... What I mean by that is your decisions, your actions, your experiences, and even your expectations, a lot of times aren't yours. My biggest defining moment in my life is when I've made decisions that were fully vested my decisions. 
So a lot of people are operating in characters because they're living off of other people's expectations like you. You literally were about to buy your your Rolex and then you called somebody that shifted your perspective. And a lot of times we operate in stories that shift our perspective. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we're characters and not able to make our own decisions because we're living in the story of somebody else. That's real Mm -hmm. too, man. Because my thing is before I started, before I got like with my friends, I didn't, I wasn't like pressed on a Rolex. Then I see my friends with the Rolex and and then it shifted my desire. And then I talked to another, a mentor of mine. He's like, nah, it it shifted it again. My thoughts are not my own. Exactly. Nothing is your own. Just like she always talks about shifting as well. Your thoughts are not your own. We are like a lot of people don't understand like willpower doesn't exist. Like it doesn't work. Like we're a product of our environments. And one thing that I talked about um, a few weeks ago was, you know, location matters and everything. Right. So you're a big real estate investor. Um, And I'm sure Donnie has real estate. Right. (laughs) So we're going to speak it into existence. So I think a lot of times when you're putting a house on the market, you're looking at what? You're looking at comps. You're looking at the average, you know, um, the highest in the area, what it sold for, and then the lowest. And then you're sitting in the middle. But it doesn't matter what upgrades that you put in your house it can't out outperform the market that it's in. Right. So it doesn't matter if you put $40,000 into your home, if it's selling in a market where it's only getting 150,000, you're not gonna be able to get 190,000. Exactly. That's the location. So your environment determines the value of what you're putting out in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm, I mm-hmm. like that. And I guess we gotta walk through his journey of putting himself in the right environment, right? Yeah. I mean, cause yeah. we, me and Donnie talked about it, uh, it's maybe, uh, it was months ago. And uh, we were kind of, we were talking about you and we both agree like this kid is gonna be successful regardless. Regardless. Where did you get that perspective? Uh, You're a go-getter. Like Kyle is just the go-getter, right? And what I have seen in the short time that I've known Kyle is that he will pivot and pivot and pivot and pivot again until he figures it out. And you're successful because you're not a fail. You're not afraid to fail forward, right? So, in my time in coaching him one on one, if I say, "Kyle, do this," it's done. Yeah. Kyle, don't do this. It stops like immediately. He processes it, and even if he's not ready, he goes out and he makes a decision. And there are just certain characteristics that uh, that are associated consistently with people who are successful in business, right? Sure. And that's one of those things, not being afraid to be a risk taker. And when it doesn't work, not being afraid to come back and say, okay, Donnie, it didn't work. What do we do now? Yeah. And then going in and making those changes and implementing them. Exactly. Yeah. One thing yeah. I thought was special, and I'm sure you'll agree, he's always pushed himself into the circle. You know Absolutely. What I mean? like, he's, all, he's always going to find the success and get close to it. Yeah. Exactly. Say, yo, I'm... You're going to be my mentor. Yo, we are going to connect together. And like just just seeing himself in different circles. And I think um, you were at one event I did and I had you speak at it. And That was I, um, the author. Um, no, it was the speaker's Art of Articulation. Was it Art of Articulation? Mm-hmm. Was it? I spoke at both of them. Yeah. And then I, it was something that somehow um, you and Jay Morrison connected. Mm-hmm. How, was, how, how did y'all connect? We connected through the Art of Articulation through... Um, Somebody Tosin yes, maybe Tosin. Yes. Yeah for sure And then I see like You working closely with him Then like you work with Kenny and Donnie And, exactly. and you George. know all the yeah. And George right Just 
finding your way in that circle. So as an entrepreneur, as you're grinding, how do you find yourself in these circles? Uh, that's a great question. So I see success and I want it. Like there's a lot of things that I think that success is like w- one definition to, I guess, describe it as fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So if I see you and you're truly happy as a man of God first, and, you know, as a husband, as a father, all of these different things, like that's something that I aspire to be. You know, when I look at Donnie and how she moves people and how she really inspires people, women and men, like that's what I aspire to be. So I think when we recognize like everybody in our life are service point systems, like all of our relationships are points. So, you know, if I have, if I'm trying to score a hundred points in a basketball game, then I have to have a team of individuals that can provide me with 20 points on average per game. When I talk to Donnie three times a week, probably Mm -hmm. she gives me a a, probably a solid 30 points out, out, out my week. So if I talk to five Donnie's a week, I'm at 150 points. But David, who are you talking to every single week? Those people are probably giving you at least 50 points. So if I'm trying to compete against David in the entrepreneurship game and your team is getting 500 points and my team is getting 100 points, there's no way that I can compete. So I need to be close to how you're competing or who you're talking to so I can be one step closer to the grace. Yeah, Mm. yeah. You know what else, though, attributes to his success? Kyle is not afraid to be brutally honest with himself and say, I'm not there yet. I'm not going to pretend to be there yet. Let me go in this environment and soak up the knowledge. How can I offer value? But how can I soak up the knowledge? We have so many people who are not reaching the heights that they could reach because they want to go into the circle and act like they bring the same exact thing to the table, right? You bring the same thing to the, no, you don't, not yet. You could get so much further by saying, hey, I need to learn what you know. You're really, really good at that. You know who I've learned that from? David. Mm. Because I think that- Hold on, Kyle. Wait, 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 so when I first met David, um, he knew that I was in the educational system. Right. So, you know, me looking at David and at the time he probably had like 30,000 followers. So I've seen it like rise. But I look at him as a mentor in entrepreneurship. I'm just jumping into entrepreneurship. Sure. But he's looking at me as an expert in education. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yo, I don't understand, you know, curriculum. I don't understand how to get into schools. I don't understand these things. Mm-hmm. But when I, I, it makes me comfortable to like, oh, well, my mentor is asking me things that, well, he does doesn't know everything. Right. So I think a lot of times in life, we don't recognize like sports. Let's use the sports analogy. Uh, You can't go to LeBron's team trying to be LeBron. Mm. You can't go to Kobe's team trying to be like Kobe. You couldn't play with Mike trying to be Mike. You have Mm -hmm. to play in the system that Mike's created. Mm -hmm. You can't go to Duke University basketball and try to play Kentucky basketball at Duke. Mm -hmm. So if you understand the systems that you're in and the lanes that you're in, there's going to be a time where Donnie's leading. There's mm-hmm. going to be a time when David's leading. But if he asks about education, that's my time to be Mike. If I'm asking about how to accelerate the business, that's all right. Now we're talking about Donnie. That's good stuff, you know Kyle. What I mean? That's good so stuff. All of those different things, you have to understand the lane that you're in because it may be my time to lead, but it's a lot of times my time to serve. For sure. For sure. And I, I just look at you as the like the successful mentee. You feel me? Like everyone... <laughs> He's been a mentee to so many people. Yeah. So well, I do want to get into the relationship that you all had and how you made this 80000 in the last five months yeah. from 
um, a conversation maybe we had a few months okay, ago. Okay, see, Shams, listen. I'm still bigging you up, okay? okay. I'm still bigging you up, okay? They're going to eat you up in the comments for this. I'm like, yo, relax. That's what you want to say. We had a comment, huh? That's what you want to say. No. You, you want to tell me to relax right now? Oh, <laughs> uh, so we had a conversation where you're like, um, I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... Um, and and I, I want people to watch from a, yo, I'm trying to find a mentor. I'm trying to find a coach because you're the perfect example of why this works. So what happened in this relationship between you two? That's a great question. So first, like when I was on the morning meetup, um, Donnie came on and we've known each other for years. So mm-hmm. Donnie came on and she's talking about all these different things. And I asked one question, like, you know, what if I'm in the middle of, I'm trying to step out of education because I came, you know, youngest administrator at a charter school, but I'm like it through COVID and pandemic, it just wasn't what I needed needed anymore. Essentially, we're focused so much on curriculums and students when there was kids during the pandemic that weren't eating because they weren't going to school. There's bigger problems that we're not, you know, actually solving in our educational system. So I talked to Donnie and then she said, you know, it sounds like you're not really like comfortable with education. It sounds like that's not really where you want to be. And I think when I spoke to you after that, it was one of those conversations like, I'm, I'm going to lead with what's comfortable. And then you're like, well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you? Because you've seen me in that season and be successful in that season. Because I so think I, when our, our conversation, it was like, you didn't want to do it or something like that, but you weren't telling me why. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm like, and I think what it sounds like you're, you're just running away from mm-hmm. something. I was running away from comfortability. And I think a lot of times anybody listening to this and you're trying to like figure it out, you have to first figure out what you desire. There's three things. So desires, your overall confidence and your overall relationships. Like what types of people do you want to work with or what type of people do you want to be around? Yeah. Like con- like convenience kills confidence in a sense. I was too convenient. I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars in curriculum development. That's not what I wanted anymore because success is all about fulfillment. When I'm going to school or when I'm building the curriculums, I don't like it. It's just paying the bills. And then it's all about what, what do you desire and what do you really want to be able to help other people do as well? So once I identified like how to really choose a niche and actually make a decision, I was able to like look at my life and look at my profession, look at my gifts. Like you always talk about your gifts, your genius and your grind and look at all of these different things around me and the things that I actually can bring to the world. And I was like, oh, like this is it. I got seven books. People people are going to pay you for for you teaching something more than them actually doing it for sure. So I'm like, I do all of this already. I wanted to be able to create the ideal role for me. I wanted to lead. I wanted to inspire. I wanted to get paid the amount that I, you know, I feel like my value is. And I wanted to do it on my time and I wanted to create content. So I did that through something that I'm already an expert in. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So so walk me through the conversation that you and Donnie had as you were. Nah, for sure. So I reached out to Donnie and then she was, um, you know, just kind of talking to me about. Like, like after she was on a morning meetup? Yeah. So I reached out. Gotcha. Did you give me a referral fee? Literally right after that. Not <laughs> you. Reached out right after that. We set up a call and everything. And um, she was really just unpacking education. And I was like, you know, Donnie, to be honest. I left education because educators are unseen, they're undervalued, they're underpaid, and, you know, they're undertrained and under-equipped. And I want to work with educators on how to, like, make their voices heard. Like, you, all of you have experiences. Like, you you work with kids, you know curriculums and all these different things. Why don't you just package it up and create a business from it? Like, whether it's a tutoring, all of these different things. So, I've been helping educators through the pandemic write books 
and make money off of it. And then she was like, is that really who you want to work with? And that was the comfortable Kyle talking. Yeah, I know them. I know the market. Then I started working with educators and it's just like, they can't pay for a high ticket program. Mm-hmm. So I think, and this is one of the questions that I would love to ask you guys is that how do you, I guess, balance working with your chance clients versus your ideal client? Because I want to always give people chances and that's that educator mind of me. Like I want to help people, but I didn't know how to create the balance of like, you still have a business and a bottom line to take care of as well. Um, you, you want to start? Go ahead. I was just checking my cash app receipts and yes, I did. Um, <laughs> Anyway, it doesn't have his name on there. It's just a random hundred dollars you probably sent me for somebody else. But um, so uh, my time is just super important for me, mm-hmm. and I figured out a way where I can serve my uh, my ideal client in the same amount of time. So that's why I created the morning meetup, right? It's a group of people who are like beginning entrepreneurs. They're not entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that are, uh, they just can't get over the hump and they just kind of need that community, that environment. And it's the same hour every single day. People are like, you coach every single day? Absolutely. I carve out an hour of my time every single day. Now, we probably have about, it's probably close to 550 people in the program now, Mm. but I can scale that to 5,000 and help people. And the more grows, the bigger the community is, the more people you can connect with and say, oh, you are you want to write a book? Oh, well, I write books. Let, let's connect. And it's already family because we meet every single day. Exactly. So my time is just super important. So I don't care who comes in, whether it's ideal or chance. I set up the platform, the playground. I create a basketball court for those that are really good basketball players. They can come play. Those that just want to watch the game, they can come play on the same court. So mm. Um, I think it's identifying how you can service whoever comes in. And then, you know, I have some one-on-one models where I only take five clients at a time because I just, I don't want to be locked into people like that on a, on a high, I can't take 20 clients. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I can, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Exactly. So Yeah. Ask the question one more time. No, it's like, how do you balance wanting to take a chance on a client and really being able to niche down and choose your ideal client? So when you say wanting to take a chance on a client, just elaborate on that. I guess because, you know, all of us, you know, we're all about service. We're all about giving back and helping people. Mm -hmm. But when you recognize that you want to just take a chance on that client, but that client may not be your ideal client. Mm -hmm. So like for me, I wanted to help educators, but I realized that educators weren't my ideal client because they couldn't necessarily afford what I was offering at the time. So for me, in that instance, I think I spent a lot of the earlier part of my coaching career doing that taking a lot of chances on a lot of people um, who could not necessarily afford what I desired to earn as a coach. And so I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, I didn't want to abandon those people, right? Because typically we are our own ideal client. Mm -hmm. I tell you that all the time. And so you don't want to turn away from people because of money or you don't want to be so harsh that it's like, oh, I can't help you because you can't afford me. One of the beautiful things about social media is that it allows you to still provide value to people every single day over and over and over again. And earlier on, when I was still working full time and being a coach and I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul, but I'm helping so many other people go on to do what they're what they're destined to do in life. I had to really sit down and just say to myself, like, is this fair to me? Yes, I want to take a chance on you. Yes, I want to help you, but I want to help myself too, right? So it has to be a good medium to for for both of us. And so I was really intentional about saying, okay, it's time for me now to step out there and and pursue my ideal client. 
I have to do that. Right. Um, and then there's things that you can do like David, where you take everybody else and say, hey, I don't want to I don't want to leave you because my heart's really here with you. Maybe I'll create a group program where it's not one on one, but you still get to hear my voice. Um, I didn't necessarily do that. I think what David does with the morning meetup is awesome. What I choose to do instead is make sure I'm present and visible on social media and I respond to people, you know, in, in the DMs and I, I answer a couple of questions. I just recently started a text community where I have chat hours and things like that. But Kyle, to be perfectly honest with you, you deserve like that. You will be judged. You will be judged for saying things like you can't afford to work with me. So I can't work with you. Right. You'll be judged for specifying your ideal client and people will start saying, well, you're making money. So why can't you help me make money? And let me just assure you of this. You deserve, you deserve to reach your income goals and you deserve to work with the kind of clients that can help you do that. You can do that and still like the success that you're having, Mm -hmm. the things that you're accomplishing, those people who can't afford you yet, they deserve to see that so they can put themselves in a position to be able to work with you one day. For sure. hundred percent. Yeah. And people don't like uh, the, the Bentley dealership doesn't lower their prices so they right. can serve a group everybody. Of people. And this is what changed my mind, my whole pro- thought process. And I'll go through a, a bridge version. I'm on a line with uh, Marquel. We had this program together and I'm not into the high. I'm not high ticket. I'm not a high ticket guy. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I've, I've, you know, like I help people to build out their programs, but it's like real manual, whatever. But like this is what he does. High ticket. So mm-hmm. we're on the phone with this guy and we're going through the whole presentation. Not a presentation, but, you know, what do you want to do? Things of that nature. We're like, yo, we can help you. Great. So um, the guy said, well, what's it going to cost? And Marquel, in classic Marquel terms, he said, uh, oh, so you want to discuss the investment? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. I was like, oh, this is good. Okay, so here we the, go. <laughs> check this out. The guy says, all right, well, and we talked about this before. Me and Marco, I was like, yo, it's probably going to be about 12000 for us to really, you know, help this guy out before the guy got on the call. So the guy says, okay, yes, we can talk about the investment. And I know you guys are probably going to charge like 1000 or $1,500. And I'm just trying to prepare myself for the investment. In my head, we're done here. <laughs> he's, the, he's trying to prepare his mind for a thousand. I know Mark was about to ask this man for twelve thousand dollars. Minimally. Minimal. Minimally. So at this point, I'm nervous and I just we're on Zoom. I turn my screen off. No. Because I can't, I can't be around this. And um what happened was um, the guy's like, yeah, uh, Marquel's like, yeah, it's going to be about 12000 And the guy's like, oh, man, I don't have it. So Marquel says, um, do you have a credit card? And the guy's like, uh, yeah, I got a credit card. He said, well, how much is on there? I'm like, dang, Marquel, let's get kind of personal. <laughs> he said, uh, I, I, the, the limit is like 5000 And he was like, all right, great. We'll start with that. What's the card number? So the guy proceeds, said, okay, hold on. The guy proceeds to go give Marquel's card number. Marquel runs it on the phone. It declines. He said, oh, well, I, I, I put a big, you know, I, I use some spending on it or whatever. And Marquel says, you don't have any money in your savings? And I'm like, dang, Marquel, ease up, brother. <laughs> He's like, no, not really. He said, um, well, how much do you have? He said, I got a thousand. He said, I, I have, um, I got like $200. And Marquel's like, what's your credit like? Now, mm-hmm. all of it, 
I've been checked out. Yeah. When he thought <laughs> it was going to be 1500 and Done. I know it's going to be 12000 And he said, what's your credit like? He said, I think it's, it's, it's all right. He said, okay, well, you can do this PayPal credit. Mm-hmm. Like, you can apply for there and we can start there. So try it. So he applies. He gets declined. I think, whew, okay, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> the Free me from this. But this is what happened. The very next day, I called text me and said, hey, the guy said, um, you scraped up $1,000. Would you like to start there? I'm like, wow. For one, the answer is no, because it's going to take forever to get the rest of the 12000 Right. But the fact that the kid went to go get $1,000 when he thought he didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. It changed my my thought process because he now stretched him to do something mm-hmm. outside of his normal comfort zone. Yeah. So there are some people that will say to you, uh, we, we didn't take it. And the next day, the guy says, okay, well, I went and got 1500 I sold some stuff. I went and got 1500 mm-hmm. I'm still like, I don't want to deal with this. But the fact that no one's pushed him like that. So there's mm-hmm. going to be some people that you think they don't have the money. Yeah. And they might not. But there's something in them that allowed them to go get it if you just pull it out of them. And you say, yo, this is my number. Is I can help change your life with this. Exactly. So that that changed my whole mindset That's on deep. high ticket. That's deep. Yeah. That's so, deep. <laughs> okay, so the conversation, how did you're switching from education? I guess run through your educational, um, I guess, your, your receipts in that. Yeah, regard. for sure. So dual degree finance and international business from Alabama A&M University, HBCU. Um, you already I mean, I didn't know. graduate, but, but you know. we're here. Did you go to Alabama a and yeah. yeah. I didn't know you had um, any college experience. Experience. Oh my gosh. Why well, was <laughs> I didn't know. I, I don't look like the Why kind of site. Okay, I there's some words I don't that. know. Okay. I did God, not live. Say that. <laughs> no, I went to AM. You went to AM, okay. But I lived off Sparkman. Yeah. I, I, well, I went to, I was I was at Foster mm-hmm. in, on on campus Everybody. and then I lived off Sparkman in Oh, I see. Did you go to classes at AM? Can we let Kyle continue? Yeah. Oh my Absolutely. gosh. I went to most of my classes. So AM, dual degree in finance international business. Um once I graduate, worked for Johnson and Johnson, got fired. Mm. Eight months. So funny story, really not funny at the time. So I was spending <laughs> I was laughing about it. Today it's funny. I I really wanted to be an entrepreneur then. So I was spending money on the corporate card from J&J funding my business. But I was making the money with J&J and I was paying them back. But then they ended up catching on. So you were stealing. So you were fronting your theft. You were stealing. You were definitely stealing I was leveraging their credit (laughs) to be able to pursue my endeavor. A.K.A. stealing. That's what we're going to call it. Are we okay. past the statute of limitations? So move forward, got fired, whatever the case may be. Then I met you two months. No, I met you 14 days later. I don't think you remember this. Mm. I met you 14 days later in um, at Cumberland. And we were talking and you were saying, you, you sold me your book. And then we were just talking about entrepreneurship and everything. And 30 days later, after you told me one strategy on how to pre-sell a book, I launched the book and sold a thousand copies yes. in 30 days. So did 20,000 in the first 30 days. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up a year later, we did the book release and everything here, the official book release, Mm -hmm. but education. So I moved to Charlotte. Um, after that year that I met you, moved to Charlotte. Were you living here? I was living in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Living in Atlanta, moved to Charlotte and started, vol- I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I started volunteering at different schools within, you know, the Charlotte community, was volunteering at Queen City STEM and I was leveraging, you know, my ability to just think and entrepreneurship. So I was mm-hmm. working with the kids and working with different people. By the end of the year, I was director of marketing mm-hmm. at the school. No mm-hmm. college experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, no educational experience. The next year, I became, um, and so then I started. That's when you you book, you booked me to come out there 
Exactly. That, that time, year. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. So I had an after school program and summer programs and we were doing about $40,000 a month in mm-hmm. after school and summer camp. So then that's when I got into curriculum development because I recognized that I have something here. You know, I need to put this and package it up because I recognize that packaging your experience is much more important than you just actually going and right. doing it. So then we started packaging the experience and selling it off to different schools that didn't know how to do it because they don't have our expertise. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, um, opened up an educational facility. So I had an offsite educational facility um, and we were bringing kids in and then we were doing numbers. Fast forward, the next year, um, had to close down the facility mm-hmm. and went into school, the same school, same school, no educational experience. The board of directors reached out to me. They said, would you want to come back and be an administrator at our school? I said, an administrator? Like at me? I don't have any like educational experience. What I don't have an administrator mean? Like I was pretty much second in line to the principal. Mm. So essentially I ran all of student experiences, um, behavior for the students, um, decisions, events at the school, all these different things. So we had speaker, uh, entrepreneurial um, symposiums, all these different things at the school. I was running the show, essentially. Um, So was doing that and I recognized that like this is, I need to accelerate this on another level because I wanted to do things, but the schools didn't have budgets or I wanted to do all of these things, bring you in or bring speakers in and do all these different things. But I recognize a lot of the bureaucracy in the, in the educational field and in in institutionalized way of thinking. I recognize that teachers aren't really happy. I recognize that students aren't really engaged in the classrooms. I recognize all these different things. So I felt like I was, I was working probably 60, 70 hours a week. I was mentoring kids, taking kids home, allowing kids to live with me, you know, mentoring all the teachers. Kids I, were living with you? Literally. Homeless kids? No, they weren't homeless, but they were in situations that I felt like my home could be able to provide you a better what outcome. What about their parents? What about their parents? These are kids that have parents and their parents and, wouldn't. And, they, and they, they give you the green like, all right, yeah, you can live with them. Literally, literally. And then now they're in college. Or now they're full-time photographers making, you know, a full living and everything. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So I was allowing kids to live. So I was just going above and beyond. And I was like, no, like, this isn't going to work. I can't c- continue to withstand this. And then COVID happened. Mm. And then COVID happened. And then so we lost funding at the school. They, like, canceled positions and all these different things. So now I'm in like, all right, I'm in figure it out mode. So I I understand entrepreneurship. I can push books. I got programs. I got all kinds of stuff that I could pretty much do. But what I realized and when COVID happened is that everybody was really focused on the wrong things. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't about teaching students. It wasn't about like we have a fundamental equity problem here. Like 40 percent of rural America doesn't have broadband internet, 40%, mm. 40%. When we start talking about equity in our overall educational systems, you know, if I'm a single mother that has three kids and I have to go to work because I'm an essential worker, how am I allow my kid on the computer screen? Right. So when I started looking at these fundamental issues in the educational system, I'm like, this, I can't, I can't do it. So then that's when I was on the morning meetup and I recognized like, I want to tell my story on how I did it. Like I'm this kid from, you know, this HBCU that has been able to do amazing things, write seven books, never went to an educate, never stepped in a classroom to teach. I'm a leader at a school, you know, I'm getting all of these different awards. So why can't our black kids succeed? Like, why can't our black teachers succeed? So I wanted to be able to step out of that institutionalized way of thinking and create my own platform. So I wasn't allowed in certain rooms 
in these educational conversations. So I built a house and then allowed all my teachers and students in my house. Mm. All right. So where do we come up with, I'm going to teach authors? That's a great question. So you just gave a story about why you didn't buy a Rolex. Mm -hmm. You just gave a story about your perspective on high ticket. She's given all of these different stories to me on what helped her. I could ask you, what's the most painful story that you've experienced and how that shaped you? Or I could ask you, how what's the most impactful story? We live in stories. Mm. We live in stories. There's two things that why people don't understand how to write books or why they don't have a book, essentially. Either one, they don't understand their value. Either two, they don't have strategies to be able to put it and package it. And then number three is that they've never dealt with the things that they've actually experienced. So when I started realizing that- You say they never dealt with the things that they actually experienced. Exactly. So my mother, I'm going to use her as an example. So there's certain things in her book that she's getting ready to launch now after you know me kind of coaching her, essentially, that she never was ready to deal with. So different traumas that she's dealt with as a, as a kid, different um, inequities as a black woman in corporate America, different um, you know issues within marriage and all these different things that she never wanted to deal with and she never wanted to put on paper. Mm. So I was listening to a sermon years ago and it was talking about how an audio engineer was working with Bill Clinton and they were working on his audio book. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how they were going through the different book and they were going through like what's staying and what's like going out. So they got to the part of the scandal, obviously. And then Bill Clinton looked at the audio engineer. He said, is this significant? Mm -hmm. And Bill Clinton looked back. Oh, the audio engineer looked back at Bill Clinton. He's like, yes, Mr. President, this this is significant. And I think a lot of people that are listening to this now and just in the world are hiding the things that are going to allow other people to unlock something in their lives. Like a lot of people are hiding behind their pain, but that pain is going to give you purpose. That mistake is going to create miracles. That trials and like tribulations, those are the telescopes that are going to be able to help you move forward. So I think a lot of like when I lost my first son at birth, it allowed me to look at my son now to be able to love him with a whole nother level and just be able to provide and support for him. When I was $20,000 in debt and had nothing, when she talked about that go-getter mentality, when I was living on an air mattress on my homeboy's extra bedroom, I will not fail. So all of the different things that we don't talk about publicly are the things that are going to help other people truly be impactful. Mm. Do you have any 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 scenarios like that where um, you can remember, I guess, some some, some situations that happened that you haven't dealt with? Not anymore. Not anymore. I'm very, very vocal about the things that I've gone through. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that comes from just being a child growing up. Like I I have great parents, right? So I never want to take that away. But I think a lot of times, especially in African-American households growing up, you're you're told to be quiet and not speak and, you know, certain things. Right. You, you can't always express yourself without getting cut off, you know, by mm-hmm. your parents. And I I dealt with that at an early age. It's like we want to we want to allow our children the space to tell us how they feel with constraints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you feel, but don't get out of line. <laughs> don't really tell me how you feel. And so as I was growing up, you know, one of the things that um, one of the things in our house, we had a spoken and unspoken rule. You don't talk about these things that happened inside this house. Yeah. You don't talk about the things that happened inside this house. This is our business. Nobody needs to know. And I always wanted to be like, but my why? Like, why can't people know that we're not bad people because we're having a bad moment or, you know, things like that. And, you know, and, and I just always I never understood why she didn't want people to know this. Certain things I get, but certain things it's like, but why? So I think me being rebellious at a young at a young adult age, I tell it all. Yep. Foreclosure. 
and what right <laughs> yep <laughs> lost my cars and what yep had an abusive relationship this is how I recovered and when I talked openly about those things I immediately saw the impact from it increase so much more because there were so many other people who felt that way and were going through things like I know my personal story has freed so many people from dealing with what they with what they deal with now what I will say is that I am incredibly private so I may not talk about what I'm going through as I'm going through it, you know, at that time. But once I can deal with what I've gone through, then I'm very, very open and sharing, you know, what those things are. And I don't feel like we have to be 100 percent transparent about every little thing that happens. Um, I think you find the parts of your story that um, you can create impact with and kind of lead with that. But you don't have to talk about every bad thing or every right. traumatic thing that's but, happened to but, you. But dealing with, um, you know, these situations in terms of our story, it doesn't necessarily mean you talk about them. It just means you deal with them. That's true. Somehow, right? Mm-hmm. So my therapy is writing about them. So yeah. you asked before we got on camera, like, why have you written so many books? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had this goal of writing 10 before 30, all these different things. But I write because that's my way of releasing the story mm-hmm. from myself. Like so yes, I may I release. like a rapper. Who exactly. Like just yeah. I'm done. You have it's, to get it done. out. I get Whether, it out. I write it down. Yeah. I talk about the lessons. I talk about what I learned. I talk about the experience. I talk about how I've now elevated. Once I write it in public, it, I don't deal with it anymore. It's done. And it's so important with That's what great. Kyle is doing and what he's talking about because, again, like growing up. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. At least where I come from, therapy, like one thing that I love about what's happened with 2020 and even recent years before this, but especially this it's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. 
in the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. The year, people are confronting themselves and their issues, <laughs> right? In like mass quantity. People are now saying, hey, yes, I have things that I need to deal with and I'm not crazy. I just have a past that I need to confront and I need to talk about it. I need to see someone. And so to answer your question, there's so many people who have these bottled up traumas and emotions. And I think you even talked about this on the on the last episode, like not really being able to you have a problem being emotional, super nonchalant. There's something right that it has made you that way. There's something that's happened that you may not even be thinking about right now. There's a history. There's a there's a pattern of something that existed from whenever, you know, however long ago that's that prevents you from being an emotional person. And I think so many young African-American kids, especially, are damaged in that way because we're teased about therapy. We're teased about going to talk to somebody about our problems. We're medicated easily. You know, we're put in time out. We're told that we're bad when really, maybe, you know, some kids are bad. Some of y'all kids bad. I disagree, Donnie. But <laughs> I disagree. some of y'all Talk kids are bad. No, no, let me, me. let me take that one. And this from an educated perspective. So I don't think there's such thing as the bad Really? Kid. I think there's a just bad teachers. And mm. what I mean by that, that teacher may have been their parent. Mm -hmm. That teacher may have been something that they were exposed to. Mm -hmm. That teacher may have been something. We don't have bad children. Mm. They've been able to have bad experiences that have created these bad behaviors that they're now communicating. Behavior is communication. If a kid turns up on you, That's they're strong. communicating that they have unpacked emotion That's that strong. they've never dealt with. That's strong. All of these different so, things. So, for example, I have a friend whose daughter used the bathroom, did number two, and she went in the toilet, took it out, and smeared it down her hallway wall. I called her bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I called her bad. And and my cousin, I was babysitting her kids uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, she's like, yeah, the boys can use the bathroom. She has she has boys. She's like, the boys can use the bathroom on their own. So I don't have a son. I have a daughter. Right. And so I, I take him to the bathroom. And I'm like, you got it. He's like, yeah, I got it. I'm like, do you need my help? He's like, no. And he just like stands there, let his situation out and peed all over my wall and laughed. Like he thought it was funny to pee all over my, and you know, I'm a germaphobe. So I'm like, sit your bed. <laughs> right. But, 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 but what's what I mean so in that case that was bad to me <laughs> so, <laughs> that was bad all right in so that moment <laughs> a lot of so in case so you were a bad boyfriend or you were a bad girlfriend a lot of people say that right mm -hmm. yeah or you could ask 
what, why did you feel like you, you could do this? Where did you learn this behavior? Mm -hmm. Where did like, where, where where did this first get taught to you? Mm. Well, what do you think about the parents who say, where did he get this from? I don't want to go too far away from your story, but there are legitimately some parents that you feel for. And you're like, I know your mom and dad didn't teach you that. You haven't gone mm. to school yet. Where are you getting this? Is it TV? Is it games? Like, where are you getting this from? I think it's, um, and so this is a very controversial statement, but I just, I believe just because you have kids doesn't mean that you're parents. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So I think that, and I only have one son, so I'm not like a, an expert, but I truly believe that kids or parents that say, where did you get that from? I look at them and say, they got it from you mm-hmm. or something that you've done. And this is working with hundreds of kids in situations. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, it's challenging. It's probably controversial, but I believe that it's something that they got from you. It's something that they were exposed to when they were, were with you, or maybe there was something that they were exposed to um, that you allowed them to kind of go and do. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't I'm going to have to think about yeah. that. I do believe that a lot of children's issues are a result of parenting, mm-hmm. right? Parenting issues and not just parents. Sometimes you go into schools or you're with uncles and you're with aunties or other people mm-hmm. who influence you. But I still think there's some badass kids just <laughs> <laughs> period. Moral of the story. Like kind of coming back into the story. You know, it's crazy. This conversation is really uh, making me want to write, write another book. book. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. what, what, what are we going to do? What, what do you do? mean? We keep talking about something else that we need to do. Let's write a book. Like write a, what would it be on? I don't What's know. Kyle's going to walk through. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, right. through, So before anybody writes a book, they you need to focus on the objective. So okay. I think book writers and just curriculum developers, that really helped me write books. Okay, hold on. Pin in that. What's our objective? Our objective uh, for writing our book? Yes. I think that our... We're going to take a step by... We're taking Kyle's course step right by now. step. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So w- what's the instruction with finding the object- objective? What's the overall outcome of your book? Okay. What does it want to be able to do? So we want to impact people in a way Who that... are those people? Okay. Let me just talk. <laughs> coach. Uh, <laughs> the coach is being coached. Let me... Let the coach, coach get coached. All right. All right. Wait, did my bun fall to the side? Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, We do want to impact people in a way that's going to cause an action, right? I don't want to just impact people and they feel good. So we have to think about what action do we want people to take? Mm -hmm. You and I are very passionate about people believing in themselves and becoming entrepreneurs, right? right? So we've both written books about that. Now what, right? So what's the next step? So my first book is uh, Transformational Practices to Even Get You to Think Like an Entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I think you have a book very similar. Now that we have people who have thought like an entrepreneur, now we need to give people practical steps to become an entrepreneur, right? Gotcha. To actually do the work. So who are we talking to? We're talking to the people who we've already inspired or people who are already inspired to do. They just don't know where to start. And we're talking to people who need to just hold information in their hands more than just watching it on a video or hearing it on a call. They want to highlight. They want to underline. They want to circle. Gotcha. Um, so the people that maybe they're, they're not super successful entrepreneurs, but why aren't they they're successful? thinking, well, I mean, some people just haven't started yet, right? Mm-hmm. They have an idea of what entrepreneurship is. I want to do this, especially because all of the stuff I see on social media, uh, but I haven't started or I started, but I'm I, I, all I got was the LLC and the logo and the name and stuff like that. And I haven't really pushed past or the third group is people that are in business and they're kind of doing a little something, but I want to turn it up. Okay. So what would be your process for those three people from getting them from point A to point B? 
Okay. I would I would go with um the D, the Dave's DVDs. Okay. We get to name it something else. If. We'll definitely be naming that something <laughs> uh, else. The uh So like dire- a five step process. What yeah, would that look so like? direction, vehicle, destination, identifying the destination, then picking what vehicle will take you to that destination, and then um identifying what directions you need to take in that vehicle that are gonna get you to that destination. Okay, and then by the end of that destination, what's the end result? It will get to where they set out to go. Okay. That's your book. Okay. That's literally your book. So I think a lot of times we have to first design, like just determine our outcome. So it's the objective. Then we have to review our customer avatar. Then we mm-hmm. actually have to investigate. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> then we have to investigate. You want to take credit for something, Dottie? Right? No, I don't. <laughs> do you want to? Okay. I do not want to take. Right. I told you that. Okay. That is that right. is the I'm proud of Kyle. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So for then sure. we have to investigate some type of pain point. Mm-hmm. Once we investigate some type of pain point, I believe that too much versatility can create volatility. Explain it, because Dottie mm-hmm. don't really. So if you're writing about too many things, you're not talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Your marketing strategy is for a specific person mm-hmm. in a specific time. That doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that Disney can't get older people mm-hmm. or younger people. It means that Disney focuses on their marketing to a specific population. Mm-hmm. So it's all about too much versatility creates volatility. It's it's not you're not going to be able to impact. Volatile meaning it's not consistent or like there's not a strong foundation. Exactly. So when you're or writing explosive. your book cuz I went to college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So when you're writing your book, it's not about talking about all these different things or all these different th- stories. It's about being essential. And then you want to be able to establish Being your- essential. I want to be essential on somebody's bookshelf. Uh, an essential. Oh, so there are oh, essentials. Did you just get that? Oh my like gosh. That. There yeah. are essential essentials like Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, that's what I mean. I want to like think and grow think rich. And grow rich. Yeah. I want I want to be an essential that's passed down from generation to generation. And people say, yo, you gotta read this book by Donnie Wiggins. Like this book changed my life. Gotcha. Mm, okay. Or or our book. By you Donnie can't become essential until you have a system. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that. That boy talking good. He's <laughs> talking super good. So I feel like I see. and that's why so the whole model is that I call the driver model. Mm-hmm. So like the D. <laughs> the D is determine your outcomes. The R is review your, your avatar. The I is investigate the pain point. And then the V is vers- too much versatility is volatility. Mm-hmm. And then the E is establish your system. Mm-hmm. So if we think about books, it's a three-pronged system. So yes, one is you can talk about your book. Mm-hmm. And then step two is about how well you communicate about your book. Yeah. And then step three is the platform in which that you can be able to sell your book. Mm-hmm. So that's the three steps. And then when we get to the, the R of the driver model, it, that's all about revenue generating activity. I love it. I love it. For sure. Yes. So what'd you just say? Driver model. Mm -hmm. Yes. The E is... Establish digital systems. Establish systems. Okay, talk to me. So when you think of like a... Three-pronged system. It's a three-pronged system. Yeah, so it's a three-pronged system. So one is all about like talking about your book because it takes six times for somebody to be able to remember something. Mm -hmm. Two is all about how well do you talk about your book? So you're really solid with like your content because it has its own... Big Mac. Are you going to go to McDonald's or Chick Fil A? McDonald's. Have it your way. What Why do you are you think? so confused? Have I it, have to think about how you think of. <laughs> She's like, hold on. When you think of have it your way, what do you think of? Have it your way. Who? What? Sing it for me. Like uh, have it, Burger King. Burger King. Okay. When you think of, um, say uh, something at ch- churches because she eats churches. She's churches. the most disgusting thing. I but do when, not. when people think about David Chance, what do they say? Entrepreneurship. Sleep when is they, for suckers. When they think about Donnie Wiggins, what do they say? Entrepreneur. Exactly. So it's about how well you speak about it because everything that you've done has been consistent 
outsource entrepreneur. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So it's about establishing your digital systems, like your author landing page. You know, what lead magnet do you have? Because it's not about selling a book. It's about selling something that then gets you to your book. Mm-hmm. It's all about you. You sell solid content online that then now people want to join the meeting, yeah. a morning meetup, right? So it's about people want to work with you for a specific reason. It's not, I'm not just on social media talking about my relationships. I'm now showing myself as an authority, okay? So landing pages, funnels, all of these different things. And I've heard people talk about all these different types of funnels. I've leveraged one funnel to be able to make me $80,000 in five Let's months. Let's pause here. Let's pause here because this is important. So it's important that we clearly highlight what you've been able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So middle of a pandemic, your job has completely lost funding. Mm-hmm. So you're involuntarily now unemployed, exactly. right? Uh, we speak and put together your programs. So, so two programs where specifically, so clearly people can help this two programs. The first one for author, well, for aspiring authors who need to get their story out, developed, and they need to become published. And then the second program for published authors now who need to monetize their book and make money. Mm-hmm. In this time frame, right, in these, in these five months, you, I know a few of the stories you've helped a few uh, authors become Amazon bestsellers. Yes. You have helped. Uh, I know there's a single mom who, you know, is now breathing a whole lot easier because she's able to make a significant income from her book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have uh, another Chris. gentleman, Chris, <laughs> Chris, who I don't even know. I lost 270 in two weeks, 270 copies of his book mm-hmm. in two weeks. Now, You've been able to be successful because a lot of people, when we have courses and programs, they're like, oh, you just made this money because you're selling your courses and programs. So it's important to highlight what those programs and courses have done for your students and your clients. But in five months, Shans, in five months, this man earned $80,000 in income in the mid- from a high ticket mm-hmm. author program, right? In the middle of a pandemic, exceeding what, what you've now done in education in just five months, right? What's, first of all, how do you feel? Like, this is your own idea. I remember our first conversation and you just being so unsure, just so unsure. I really want to work with educators. I really want to work. Well, how much do you want to charge? Let me just be upfront with you. Educators don't really spend that kind of money like that. Not easily. They will come around, right? But you have to really, really know your ideal market. And in the beginning, Kyle only wanted to help educators tell their story. Um, How has that been working out for you? I, I feel like at the beginning, I felt, you know, it's kind of like a feeling of, like serenity. Like I feel amazing. Um, I feel proud um, and definitely grateful. Um, But I feel like now that I've acquired it, I feel like it's what I should have been doing. Mm. Um, And it's, it's really disappointing to me where I was at years ago when I wasn't operating at a heightened level of what I thought about myself. I feel like when you acquire success, it's cool until you're around other people that they're 10xing your success for sure and then it's just like you know what my little 80,000 or my little 100,000 like really what is that when you're around people like when you up level your environment it's it looks you look at yourself in the mirror it's like no I still got work to do Mm -hmm. so yes I'm I'm happy I'm grateful because there's a lot of people I made two teacher salaries in five months yeah you know but I'm not content and this is it now it now begins. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think if I was going to write a book, I think I would write if I'm like in my tr- in my truth, it's like uh, being in the middle kind of what you said, 
you feel like you're winning and you feel like your Apple Watch is cool until you get around <laughs> some people with a Rolex. You're like, oh, I got to get there. But Facts. that never stops. It never stops. <laughs> exactly. Chasing it. And right? I think it never stops. So you have to you have to chase something differently. Like now I'm not chasing anything. Like mm-hmm. I'm just I'm, I'm working, continuing on myself. Like better people run better businesses. Like when you at the beginning, you said like, man, a guy like I've never heard that. You know, it's different. Like I feel like That's when I became. It was just it was very, very rehearsed. No, it's just just different, right? (laughs) So I feel like when I became better, like within myself, I've been able to cultivate better relationships around myself. Mm -hmm. So now I'm not trying to compete or be like anybody else. I'm fully authentic in who I am. Mm -hmm. And when my success comes, if I continue to follow the process, I'm happy for that. But I recognize that I'm not trying to be David successful or Donnie successful. I'm trying to be the success that God knows that I ha- that I can be. Gotcha, mm-hmm. you know gotcha, I mean? gotcha. And it's just so uh, funny that over the last five months you really accelerated your income, but in the last five months you got a girlfriend too. No, literally. So is whoa, whoa, <laughs> we are not. I said she golden. I'm just playing. I'm I just playing. She that golden, was a joke. But now I'm just playing. Yeah. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Try to figure out where I was going with that one. However, but I am going to be clear that I did tell him he had to make another $20,000 this month alone, just, you know, in case they were a vacation on the house. Yeah, if you want to push him. You know what I mean? If you wanted to just like poop. Is it public? Is it public? Did we just put it? I think it just, I, I think we just did it. Are you okay ah. with that? Yeah, I mean, we had no choice being You'd recorded. Be a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be a sleazeball if you weren't. <laughs> like after recording, you'd be like, uh, hey, Dave, man, could you just edit out? <laughs> could you just take the, we, David edits nothing out. No, okay? I like just it. I like it. Nothing. So, Kyle, you are now, you hired a coach, you were getting group coached, mm-hmm. you hired a one on one coach. You're now a coach. Talk to us about the value of actually investing in yourself through coaching. That's a great question. I feel like, um, you know, it was one thing when I could call you and get something for free, you know, and just, you know, we're having conversations or it's one time, you know, when you could look at things on social media and it's like, all right, I'm getting value. I'm getting value. It's another level of intensity and another level of value when you're actually spending money. Um, and investing in yourself. And you made a really good perspective, really great perspective when we were talking. You were saying, if I'm dealing with somebody that's spending $6,000 a year or $60,000 a year in coaching, right? That person's mindset is somebody that I could essentially be friends with. I feel like when I was continuing to allow people to spend $197 or $100 to always get my time, get my time, get my time, those are the people that I really wouldn't want to take to dinner because that's not the level of environment that I want to really be at. So I feel like when you start investing, people started to invest in you. It's just you va- when you begin to value yourself, more people begin to value you more. Exactly. So it's, it's really been able to transition my success and having a mentor or having a coach, but really being able to like invest in that that private time where they can really niche down and focus on like you. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the commitment, like with the relationship as well. I feel like, you know, now that I'm in a relationship, a committed relationship, I've been able to really focus in on, it's a, it's a scripture, a double-minded man is confused and or unstable in all his ways. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when I'm out here, you know, with different females or when I'm out here doing all these different things, Thotting. when I'm out here thotting and buying, yeah, right? like, 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 like Donnie likes to say. <laughs> Thought you know? and button. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's that's good because are we going to get into the advice you gave before we start? No, recording? because yeah, that was a joke. That. that was a joke of advice. <laughs> We're not going to do that. But we are we are going to get into it because as Kyle's coach, I noticed, and we've talked about this openly already. So 
I noticed just certain things that could become a problem like what? in his personal life. I feel like just the lack of integrity. I feel like how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you're, if you can't, man, like if you're lying to the people that you're in relationship with, or I'm, I'm here and then 30 minutes I'm here and there, like how, do, how, how do you really expect for a business transaction to work or mm-hmm. a business partnership? Yeah. If you're not a, a person of integrity in the relationship that you're in, in an intimate relationship, how do you expect for somebody to really do business with you? Yeah. yeah so you I know feel, what's funny, you know, bro? And I, I don't think I ever talked to you about it, but I did, I felt a way like the, the person that I like connected you with, mm-hmm. I knew you weren't as committed as she was. And my that was my friend at the time. She owed me money now, but that's the whole, whole thing. How much, how much I, money? It's not a whole lot, but it's the fact that you it's owe me money. Like, yeah. you feel me? Like, yeah. what's up yeah. with you? Um, but yeah, I, I felt it was a little, uh, it was less than integral because I I was like super cool with the girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll put you a call. But like, she would tell me certain things. And in my head, I'm like, dang, you're being, led, you're being led astray. Right yeah. Now. Literally. Yeah. So yeah. I did feel some type of way about you. but No. And I, I noticed some things. And I literally, in one of our coaching sessions, <laughs> we're talking about business. We're going through numbers. We're talking about plans. And I said, Kyle, we got to put the business hat down for just a second. I'm about to have a, a hard conversation with you. Nice. I'm about to have a tough conversation with you because... I don't just coach people to make money, right? I am very, very specific in looking for people who add value. I'm very specific. Does this work? I'm very specific in um, looking for people who add value. And even though I don't get a front row seat to all of my clients' personal lives, and sometimes it's not my business, when it becomes my business, I have to say, hold up, right? And you're a young man. You're a young man and you're single and you could be doing everything that it is that you want it to want to do. And, and we just had to have a tough conversation about integrity and making sure that these things that you want to do, all parties involved are aware that these are things that you want to do. Um, you're making money. You're handsome. You speak very well. And you, the level of success for you is, is just getting started. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not just about um, it wasn't in that moment just about what he was going to be doing to other people, but it's also like, hey, you know that this is reciprocal behavior. And so if you're out here like this, let me show you how this this type of behavior translate in your business, mm-hmm. right? I am a firm believer that a womanizing man, and I'm not just talking about men. I believe I believe in things about women as well, but we're, we have a, ma- a male guest. But I'm a firm believer that a womanizing man will suffer at some point in their business, mm-hmm. right? I just, I, I don't know of an example where that has not happened. Sure, they look like they're winning. Sure, they get all of the riches, but there is some other area, right? There's, there's going to be that divorce with this ridiculous prenup agreement that stands and you lose half your money. There's going to be that situation where now you can't see your kids or, you know, there's something. And I just believe that if a man, uh, you know, cheats and Kyle's not married, but a man who cheats on his wife knowingly, I can't do I can't ever partner with you in business, because if you'll do that to the woman that you love, what would you do to me just in business? Right. Just in business. So I I just have some friends that are manonizing women. You do, too. Manonizing. Is that a good word? (laughs) Womanizing. Why would you attack me? Womanizing. Because you're talking about manonizing. 
Women that are men are not. So men oh, are womenizers. Women? <clears throat> you know, honestly, um, the women. You cool. Yeah, y'all be y'all be high fiving when they be womenizing <laughs> us. The women that I know are, uh, for the most part, loyal, committed women. Now we don't know everything, and I don't know everything well, uh, about. Do I know somebody who's not loyal and committed? Yeah, I mean, a single, a single woman. That yeah, yes, you do. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Do I? Do, do you yeah. know that same person? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> a single woman who is out here thotting and biting. Manonizing. I don't yeah. do this and like I don't No. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> no, because see, here's the deal. I, I see her out here real, being single. If you order, yeah, no, and so here's the deal. You you should be single when you're single, right? right? But you should be honest. That's the problem. It's if, oh, so you weren't being honest when you were womanizing. Dang. I think it's hard to be honest with anybody. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Listen, listen. I'm sorry. Him, him, him. I feel like, no, no. I feel like it's hard to be honest with anybody else when you're not honest with yourself. Mm. So I feel like there were a lot of things that I, I, had, I hadn't unpacked within who I was and not really being authentic or vulnerable within myself. So it was hard for me to really be that for anybody else. And that's why I say like better people run better businesses because once I started to unpack... Um, who I was and once I started to like like retag my triggers is what I like to call it and now once I'm held accountable by people around me I have no like reason to not be successful yeah have you had like formal media training or something you got the most political answers he's so good <laughs> he got the Obama answers like first off you gotta first be real off. with yourself I'm like yeah, I'm back on your side you're right the integrity starts right there <laughs> For sure. and then it's gonna manifest oh into all these other amazing Look, situations we, we gotta we, we gotta we gotta wrap up um, we do have to wrap up but we don't want to just leave him in the doghouse because as a result <laughs> no, of that awesome conversation and, and his girl is here so his girl is right I, on the sideline I, like I really do like yeah. the open communication yeah. and um, nah that's awesome this is how you have healthy relationships people always are often wonder what it's like to date entrepreneurs right and so you've got this entrepreneur man or woman who's kind of newly successful from their own idea right um, from their own business and now you become more attractive in circles that you might not have been mm-hmm. getting noticed in yeah. and this is a conversation where you know y- you have to have these conversations how do you date an entrepreneur just like you date anybody else honesty and integrity mm-hmm. right and just letting people know what your intentions are I think we could have so much more healthy relationships if we were just honest and integral mm-hmm. about our desires and mm-hmm. and women in dealing with men especially like I was telling you be open about what it is that you actually want. Don't pretend like what the other person wants works for you. Oh yeah, we're just kicking it. Well, if kicking it is not what you're looking for, yeah. you need to say that, That's right? Really and is. and you avoid a lot of misunderstanding and all this stuff. But Kyle, I'm glad that that conversation. And I need stuff somebody to write a book. Okay, hit up Kyle. Get your book written. Absolutely. Um, called Manonizer. Diaries of a Manonizer. <laughs> Diaries <laughs> of a Manonizer. Yo, should I, should I uh, trademark that? Diaries. Like, should I get the domain? It's too late now. Well, I guess Manonizer. you could go we ahead and put that <laughs> Now, that's oh what we could write gosh. about. Manonizing? We could write about Manonizing. I bet you could write about it. We could write about we could write about some manonizing um no but seriously kyle you you at such a young age in your 20s all this wisdom yeah all this obama-esque wisdom right (laughs) that that one would think for sure one would think this is rehearsed Mm. but this is just the way kyle thinks and so you can tell that he's well read and well traveled and well mentored and coached and Mm. all these good things and 
I'm just proud of you. Yeah, I appreciate you, you both. Guys. I feel like you guys have helped me break out of my average. Ooh. I feel like um I feel like we see all see how you fell for. Like we, we might use these words on you. Do you talk like that? Like is this is this <laughs> turning you on? Like, like we're gonna go and get us right. something good to Phone eat. Calls I really like, like, I know it. I feel like if you if you add up all of your decisions and behaviors, one more you're time. operating in an average. So I feel like we live in a box as people. Like, you know, the back wall is, you know, all of our past yeah. and the things that we haven't unpacked. You know, when we look at our front wall, that's our dreams and where we want to be able to go and our desires. But I feel like on our right is where I've always made the mistake is like our identity. Because I wanted to be this person in my mind, but my real didn't align with my ideal. So I say I want to be successful. I say I want to be a husband and a father, all these different things. But my actions and decisions didn't align. Yeah. But I feel like the, the box or the wall on your left is your people because people are profit. And I think with the big win that I'm trying to pull off in my life, you know, being impactful, being successful, being a husband, father, all these different things, you two are people in my circle that can help me pull it off. And I think a lot of times, you know, I've been operating in spaces with people that can't help you pull it off. Mm. So any listener, anybody here, you have to ask yourself, are the people around you, can they help you pull it off? And if they can't, then you have to up-level your environment. For sure. And I just see it in you because I been in your chair where I got like these different mentors where, you know, mm-hmm. just, I, I mean, I could do what you're doing a hundred times with two different people. Cause you know, just went on that, that journey of mentorship and just mm-hmm. getting advice and not always knowing everything, being humble enough to say, yo, I don't know. Yeah. How can I, how can I help? How can I be a part? So, um, thank you. Thank you so much thank for you. coming. Um, all right, cool. We're about to do a quick commercial real quick. I want you to get your ending words together. Okay. Yeah. I okay. You. Just, you're going to close this out really, really strong. You enjoyed the episode, Donnie? You enjoyed our episode? Oh, I did. Yeah. I did. I, I enjoyed this episode very much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, this, did you enjoy the episode? Oh, Shane? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I'm going to write another book. Okay. Are we going to do it together? Let's do it together. I think people like, I think, I think what we do here is really, really healthy in showing people how a man and a woman can work together and impact people. And it, it eliminates the, can men and women work together just like that? Can friends work together? We're accomplishing two things. We're friends and then we're man and woman. So I think that we're really breaking barriers and people resonate with that. Like they like to see that dynamic. Mm -hmm. And for sure, like we talk about this off camera all the time, but there's so much more that the Donnie and David brand is going to bring you guys. We never talked about a book and maybe that's, where we start because yeah. Patreon I'm still waiting on the picture for no that. you're supposed to at least put all the stuff together the on stuff what our guests together. get what are they going to get on the Patreon oh that's not just my decision this is a business partnership <laughs> first it's I got it all together now it's not just my decision I got the page all together but we have to talk about what we'll be delivering on Patreon but I also need the yes. image banner okay that that is like the last thing that we need we need to identify what our listeners are going to get as we attempt it's to. not the last Thing according to Patreon, and we talked about this. We need to know what people are giving. Okay, but I thought we knew. I thought we knew because we talked this podcast, about this, right? Yes. What would you What would you enroll if you're if, if you're like an avid listener, right? And we set up a Patreon. Oh, I'm sorry, Pen. So OnlyFans, you had an idea for that, but they're expanding. Forbes just posted something like that, so maybe you're right. We can do OnlyFans. OnlyFans. Yeah. Anyway, I would have been ahead of the I curve. See I see what you're saying. <laughs> Not like Not OnlyFans like is moving towards like sports oh people. Oh my gosh. Like that so anyway, 
if you are going to subscribe to our channel and you're going to make some sort of financial commitment, whether it's five, 10, 20, $40 a month, what would you want from us? Access to your network. Access. Mm, I would access. be willing to pay money to get in front of the people that y'all brought on this podcast. First off, are you in the morning meetup? No. He's in. You do know that I give access mm -mm. every single- Every day. Do you I see the flyers? Hear me out. Hear me out. And this is He no, doesn't want that This access. is no shade to nobody. Mm -hmm. Um- I don't want access to the people that are on the morning meetup. I want access to the people that you bring in these seats right here. Those are, Those the, are the speakers that come on the morning meetup. I don't want the speakers, though. I don't want them to be... When they come on the morning meetup, they're, they're giving... $5 on a phone call? No, they're, they're, giving, <laughs> yeah, they're giving... They're giving workshops. They're giving yeah. workshops. But I would, I would be willing to pay thousands of dollars just to get access to your network and have masterminds with those How people. many thousands? We'll talk about it. I can set it up. Let's, just, <laughs> let's go ahead and quantify that because right, we can right. make that happen yeah. today at lunch. Right. That's what I want. Kind of like you, the Jovan, Genius Network. You know our brand. Yes. I what would you ticket. pay in a monthly membership? And if you could just speak a little louder, what would you pay? Take your mask off. In a monthly Maybe membership. And I want you to listen. Like... I want you to come up with something too. <laughs> if David and I, and, and you guys who are watching or listening to this, Comment in the comment section because we really, we With a number really next to it. Like I would invest this for that. Yeah, I would invest this much if you and Shayens would do this. We're talking about a monthly membership. Yeah. Oh. Lower ticket too. Yeah. I want to do lower ticket just so four ninety seven five hundred oh five dollars or five hundred. <laughs> what would you, your Jovan? What would you pay right now? Give me the number. Give me the number. Don't give me a hypothetical. Give me your. What would you pay for? Okay. Oh, I got it. But we can't talk about it on camera. Okay. Big facts. Okay. All right. Well, as soon as we drop it, I'll be. I'm trying to collect your $97. Yeah, we're you're the first. We're going to test the link out on yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I don't know which I would think of, but I was, I think it would make sense. I'm assuming you're talking about like dating. Well, I don't know. It doesn't have to be. We want, we want to know what would you guys like to see from us associated with the monthly membership. So we want to have VIP members who get access to something. Uh, I think Workshops. Would be nice workshops. Okay. Um, On a regular basis. Yeah, like, How regular? Even if it was just like once a week. Once a week. Once a month. She said. We could commit to that. Once, yeah. We can commit to once that. Once a month and workshops. Maybe some sort of thing. Thank you. Like okay. Hey, that little throat clearing thing you did, can you put your mask back on? <laughs> you put mask back on. <laughs> <laughs> that little itch that I heard, just if you could just. In 95, that one more time oh for you. <laughs> In 95, <laughs> that is funny. Okay, so listen, ladies and gentlemen, I need you guys to comment below, okay? Send us a DM um, and let us know what you would like to see, what type of access you like. Um, and, what's you know, missing? Let us know what's, what's missing. missing. What's missing from the marketplace? We don't want to just come out and do something regular. Um, Shans and I have always wanted to take a concept and figure out how we can do it a little better, yeah, right? And sure. how can we provide more impact? How can mm -hmm. we be more personal? I love the fact that my tribe feels like they can access me, yeah, right? Sure. Um, because I'm a part of some mastermind groups and it's like, I know that I'll never get the opportunity to exchange words yeah. with the person, but I admire their success so much that I still pay for that. One of the things that I pride myself on, and I know that you do too, is accessibility, yeah. right? But comfortable accessibility. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So let us know what's missing in the marketplace. Yeah. What do you guys want to see from us? I and, think like the, okay. the thing is, so what uh, Kyle said, <laughs> yo, literally, 
which I'm talking about if it was like a lower ticket, pretty much everybody that's been on this podcast has been on the morning meetup where you wouldn't have access to them to like pour into you for an hour. And this is every day. It's 70 bucks a month every day. Anyway, which brings us to this point. This podcast is always sponsored by The Morning Meetup. It is the only, the only, the only community, organization, company, business that gives entrepreneurs access every single day, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every single day to help you start, grow, scale your business. You have an opportunity to meet people from all across the country, okay? We have anywhere between 200 and 400 people on the call every single morning, every morning, Monday through Friday. So if you want to learn, if you want to jump into entrepreneurship, if you just need a community, if you want to see what every everybody else got going on, I'm going to give you a special offer, okay? A special offer. This ain't for everybody. It's just a special offer. You can join the morning meetup for $1, okay? Try us out for a week. If you love what we're doing, stay. Be a part of the community. Get into our Facebook group. You get all the recordings. If you don't like the morning meetup, just leave. Then you just invested a dollar. But we literally have a, it's like a put on a conference every week, okay? Where every single day you get access to these entrepreneurs, the people that you see here on the the podcast. Um, Donnie pops in every now and again in a really brand Breaks down business on a whole nother level. So go to themorningmeetup.com, themorningmeetup.com, themorningmeetup.com and enroll today. Donnie. Well, sheesh. Hello, you guys. Donnie Wiggins again. And this podcast is also brought to you by Donnie Wiggins and SixFigureEDU.com. Uh, in SixFigureEDU.com, we work with people like Kyle, who is a member of Six Figure EDU. <laughs> Uh, And I work with, seriously, I work with uh, coaches and consultants or aspiring entrepreneurs who want to build a course, uh, a coaching or consulting program from scratch. So I help you build out your coaching or consulting program from scratch. We go over everything uh, from getting clear in your idea to marketing, to scaling, to systems, to team building and strategy. Uh, We get together twice a week in a group setting and we have individuals like Kyle who go on and do great things in their business. Um, And then we also have for the entrepreneur who is struggling to be consistent with posting content. Uh, I have, oh, before I say that, sixfigureedu.com, sixfigureedu.com, sixfigureedu.com. The only community. I feel like I coached you. <laughs> you did coach I me. Like I, just I like you. I just like the way it sounds. Uh, the only community that allows you to build your coaching and consulting business from scratch with me. In addition to that, if you are an entrepreneur who are str- who's struggling to uh, be consistent in telling stories that sell or you don't know how to tell stories that sell on your social media, I also have a group uh, for that. You can text the words POST to PAID to 404-737-2767. And I'm gonna make sure that David this time gets it right. <laughs> In the caption area of the videos, my website is never ever there. I need to talk to Donald. I don't do those. Who is Donald? Donald the voice. So oh, Donald. Donald, I'm up, coming up for you. I know because I know you're going to see this when you're editing the video. Definitely going to make sure you get that information. But you guys, I, you know, this is David's world. I'm just kind of sharing in it in the co-host space. So just get a pen and write down my information. <laughs> <laughs> Sixfigureedu.com. Sure. But more important than that. Kyle, you dropped more nuggets than I anticipated today. Dang. I don't know if that's a good thing. No, 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 no. (laughs) Let me tell you why I say that. Because Kyle and I had a conversation before, earlier this week. 
And even when I invited you to the podcast, he's like, Donnie, are you sure? Like, this is such a huge platform. Are you really sure? Like, I qualify for the... I'm like, Kyle, do you see what you've done? People need to hear the the organic stories. It's not always about the seven and eight figure story. We need to hear about the stories that everybody can relate to. We've all been in an education system one way or the other, whether we were the student or we were the educator. And your story is so powerful. Um, You were nervous when you sat down. So I wasn't sure which way this would go, right? And so you (laughs) dropped just nugget after nugget after nugget and and then even just open my eyes to how wise you are at such a young age. Did you enjoy this experience? Yeah, this was dope. This is dope. Can I can I tell a story yeah, really quickly? Um so when I, I just for anybody listening like when I was, you know, 15, 16 just growing up, I was not always this person at all. Um you know, when I was 15, I remember a time, a story when my parents they went um to a concert and um, I really wanted to go to this party. And they told me not to touch the car, not to touch the keys, nothing. Still ended up taking the keys. So that's when I guess my stealing started. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. So, <laughs> so took the keys, went to the party, um, picked up my homeboy because I feel like you can't like do anything facetious without your man's with you. Right. Um, so we went to the party, 15, 16 years old. We came back. Um, I dropped my boy off. And then I was pulling into the driveway and the garage was closed. And still to this day, I feel like there was a malfunction in the car. So I'm pulling up and I thought I hit the, the brake and I hit the gas and ran straight through the garage door. Mm. Mind you, my pops brought the car two weeks before that. Oh, so no. me being me, I thought I was smarter than my parents. I went inside the house. This is no lie. I went inside the house. I grab a towel, come back outside, wipe down the steering wheel, call the cops, told them that somebody stole the car and ran it back into the house. Literally. So literally. you've been a storyteller. No, wow. literally. Oh, <laughs> Listen, so the cops come, the cops come, call my mom. She was not hearing it. That's that women's intuition. She was not hearing it. My pops, he was like on on the fence and then he wasn't hearing it um, towards the end of the story. So cops came and then they gave me a decision. They was because they wasn't really like, it doesn't even sound right. So the cops came. They were like, you know, before we called the car before they brought it back. Literally brought brought it back back and ran ran it through the house. So I discovered it. I was just going to call. I just happened to be. They threw me the keys. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God, the keys. Oh my God. Where the, here, oh so, yeah. so the cops, so the lady, the lady no, cops told me. No, we can't skip over that. We cannot the, skip. No, you literally. tried to tell people that the car was stolen, brought back, involved in an accident. They dropped off the keys with it. Literally, that's what my mom was saying. Like, hold on, they left the oh keys. So the, so the cops came. So the lady right. cop was pretty much like, if we call the forensics team or the investigation team, whoever, like if you're lying and we find out you're lying, this could be falsifying a police report and you can essentially like go to juvenile or jail or whatever the case mm. may be. So at that moment, I had a decision to make. Yeah. I told the truth. So I was like, nah. So my parents, when they got home, definitely gave me that work. Yeah. Um, but fast forward, what I realized <laughs> is that my parents like didn't say no to drive the car because like I was too young. Um, they didn't say no because they didn't trust me. They said no because I wasn't prepared to drive the car for myself. Mm. And I think a lot of times we're continuing to crash our businesses. We're continuing to fail in relationships simply not because we don't deserve the keys, simply because we're not prepared to get out of the backseat and follow somebody else and step into the driver and be the driver of our own dreams. Mm. So anybody watching the morning meetup or anybody watching the social proof um, or listening to the social proof podcast, you know, following Donnie or following David, 
I truly believe that these are two people that can prepare you from getting out the back backseat of your world society or society's expectations yeah. or any of these different things that you think in your mind or any of the insecurities or doubts that you have in your mind. And I truly believe that these two people are people that have helped me accelerate my business financially, my life personally, and just have created me and to be the professional that you guys have heard today. Wow. I love it. Wow. I love it. Well, look, so you have... You you can I do this, <laughs> please? Okay, I mean because you always do it. Yeah, for sure. Just make sure he gives his information. You have two programs for sure. You help authors become authors, and then you also have a second program where you help those authors get paid from their book. So many people sitting around on a book, they don't mm. they don't ever sell it. Like, yeah, what's up sure. with that? Anyway, tell us how to get access. For sure. Programs. So if you are somebody that um, has an idea or has a concept or even has a story um, that you would like to get published and turn it into a book, I would recommend that you go to publishmein30.com, publishmein30.com. And if you are that person that have been sitting on that book, that person that has not been able to reach um, your desired point of income or revenue from your book that you've been able to publish, then I would like for you to go to authorsellingsystem.com as well, where you'll be able to learn different strategies that I've used and I've coached dozens of people to use to be able to turn their book sales on autopilot by leveraging digital systems. And how do we find you on social media? It'll be there, but just for the people who are listening. For sure. Anybody listening, you can find me on social media on Instagram at Kyle, K-Y-L-E, S as in Sam and King.com or Kyle S. King on social media. Kyle S. King. Yeah. yeah. You are out here changing people's lives through authorpreneurship. And I, f I, I believe that every human who has lived has a story to tell. Anybody who can, who's lived long enough to communicate has a story yeah. to tell. And I think what you're doing is incredible. I've seen the leverage that your story has provided for you. And I'm experiencing the leverage of what sharing my story has done for me. Right. So I, this was important. Cool. Thank you. All right. Give us some closing words, man. Let's get out of here. Not for sure. So I want everybody that's listening to think about one story in your life that has really been able to impact you or that has helped you become the person that you are. And imagine what you would have done or where you would have been if you wouldn't have heard that story or you wouldn't have picked up that book or you wouldn't have watched that course or went to that class or had that mentor. Now imagine what your story and the lack there of you telling your story is not allowing somebody else to do. And the very story that you're trying to hide, the very story that you're trying to keep secret is the very key that's going to unlock, unlock somebody's key to their success as well. So my recommendation is for you to be able to be more impactful and for you to change other people's lives. I charge you to first change yourself. Mm. I can't close it out no better than that. All right, y'all. Make sure y'all follow me. Follow Donnie. Follow Kyle. And go get you some social proof. We out of here. Bye-bye. Later.